Chapter one, attitude. I belong to that classification of women some men don't believe exist, single by choice and content. Many men <coughs> fancy themselves as fairy godfathers sent to warn women to wed, settle down, and commit before the clock strikes old age and were left in the cinders with only birds and cats as company. Once upon a time, their warnings might have stuck, but that was years ago before my odyssey. I started out like most young women, a virgin, saving myself and fearful of sex. <coughs> it was like seeing a roller coaster I'd wanted to ride, but I couldn't honestly picture myself mounting. Pregnancy and STDs posed enough of a threat to keep me on the kiddie rides, safe, secure, and thrillless. Marriage came and went. It was a long haul. Start 8-13-03, end 7-16-14. Save for my children, unfulfilling. It was not at all like people said it would be. Divorce for me signaled a new beginning. Enter the first online profile. I posted a picture wondering if any man would even notice me and I got 100 inboxes in three days. The ugly duckling was a swan, it seemed, and I was ready. After being attention and sex star for years, this was a chance to see how the so-called single and ready to mingle half lived. I lined up 16 meeting greets in as many days and in waltzed JJ. JJ, dad bod with the smooth practice air of a man who knew how to Mac. He was just what I wanted, needed, prayed. A good listener, patient and willing to give me as much sex as I could handle. And after nine years of dealing with someone with impotence, I could handle a lot. So that's a little bit of a little teaser on that. So. Like I said, it, it just goes through a lot of different experiences, and um, there are poems in here. There's actually 97 poems, so when at, whenever you see actually a set of uh, pins, that's actually a poem. So there's actually 97 poems. So I'm going to read you a poem, and this is actually a reflection on my time with JJ. It's called The Comeback. You don't know who you are till your heart's been broken and you try to put it back. First time it's shock, second pain, third, you don't bounce back. Anything more you begin to doubt, wonder what love's all about. You battle bitter, insecure. You lash out quicker than before. You're not as stable, not as sure, because underneath the strong veneer, a well of teardrops molder. But it's nice to find release to find a soul that offers peace, to meet someone who gives you rest for this, I count myself as blessed. Today my steps were somewhat lighter, my future seems a little brighter. My cracks don't seem as dark and deep when someone cushions my battered heart. So that's one of the poems in the book. Yeah. So um, at the end of every chapter, there's actually a lesson and whenever you see the fish going all the way across, that brings you to the present because I actually am still friends with some of the guys that I went out with. So lesson one is actually stop being a rose, be the whole damn bush. Because <laughs> I was actually taught that um, girls are roses and if you give your petals to a guy, you know, before you're married, then when you get married, you got nothing to offer that husband because all your petals are gone. But uh, when I told JJ about that, he was like, Girl, you ain't a rose. What you talking about? You know, he was like, 
you know, why are you even worried about that? You have plenty to offer. You got a mind, you got a heart, you got a whole life. You cook for me, you listen to me. I mean, you worried about pedals? You worried about how many, are you kidding me? So I, I actually needed somebody to tell me that because I was naive, I'm telling you, I was naive. I was raised and indoctrinated. I had to let go of those thought patterns and realize that I was much more than a body count. And back then my body count was three. But I still felt like, oh, that's so bad. That's horrible. You know, but sometimes we get those messages that we are how much money we make. We are our education. We are our body count. We don't need to, to limit ourselves to that. So this is part of one of the first lessons I learned was I am much more than this one thing. I am a whole human being, you know, who is evolving and learning and growing. So. I don't want to read too much from this book because there is some spiciness in the book, you know, and, and, and you know, so uh, we do have mixed company here, but but uh, this is not a kitty book. I am releasing the children's book, but this isn't it, you know, so, but um, if you have no problem with some spiciness, you will love this book. There's lots of, lots of journeys, journeying in the book, and it goes through grief because I did lose, as I said, my mother, my father. I had like 13 deaths in that seven year period. So it deals with dealing with grief. It deals with, you know, career transitions. It deals with a lot of different things. So it's a book for anybody, male, female, any adult of any age, you can learn something from it. You can see yourself in it. Um, so anybody, well, I'm gonna let him ask me a few questions and then if you guys have any questions. I guess the first question would be, uh, what was your biggest inspiration behind writing the book? My inspiration was once I started writing it, I couldn't stop because it was like I had undammed this this geyser and it just started pouring out. Once I started writing it, I just had to finish it because it just felt very um, cathartic. I was I was getting rid of a lot of things. I was healing. I was learning a lot about myself. So once I started writing, I couldn't stop. So that was, I guess, my inspiration was I just couldn't stop. Yeah, once I started, I couldn't stop. We heard a few authors read from their works. Why did you choose to read that portion you read? I, I wanted to start at the beginning because I wanted people to kind of know where I was coming from, but I also wanted to share a piece of poetry because I am a poet and this book is unique in the fact that the poetry is embedded into the story and a lot of people haven't read a book like that, so I wanted the audience to understand that the poetry and the, the story kind of go parallel. And so I chose to kind of just jump around a little bit so I could share a little bit of each. Previous two authors mentioned that um, it's imperative that you get a third person to read the book to kind of uh, un un unbiased party, kind of tell you where you went wrong, right or wrong. As an English teacher, how difficult was that for you to uh, let somebody else read when you spent your whole career proofreading papers and teaching people the structure of writing? It actually wasn't difficult at all because I understood that this was a very personal story and I wanted to make sure that my first reader, my editor, wasn't lost by anything, that everything was very clear, that it was very universal, that it wasn't just, you know, sometimes you, people say you're, you're navel gazing, you're just kind of very introvert. I didn't want my book to be that. I wanted to be if I was going to write this, I wanted anybody who picked it up to gain value from it. 
and I wanted my editor to make sure, hey, I'm on the right path. I'm not getting too bogged down in details that don't matter or I'm not running off on a tangent. Everything I'm writing is making sense. The, the flow of the story makes sense because I'm covering seven years in the book. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, a lot happened in that seven years. I just wanted to make sure it still had a very narrative uh, flow where people could follow it. And so I was very grateful to find a great editor who was very encouraging and, and told me, hey, yeah, you need to release this. And, and here's the parts you gotta, you know, fix. But yeah, it's a great story. So that was, that was actually encouraging for me. You know, I didn't find any problem with that. What obstacles, if any, did you have uh, in navigate uh, in finishing writing the book? Well, time, of course, is an obstacle because, you know, everybody has a nine to five. And then, you know, I have a business as well. So I had to kind of take time away from the business to d dedicate to writing the book. And then also uh, keeping up with deadlines, you know, and then also just I, I, I asked the other um, author. I was a little nervous in the beginning about putting my life out there, you know, because I wanted it to be as raw as possible. I wanted it to be as real as possible. I wanted to deal with a lot of taboos. So I do talk about body count. I do talk about, you know, do women go through this phase where they are, you know, we know the HO phase, you know, the HOE phase. Do they go through that phase? I wanted to deal with a lot of taboos because I thought that there was so much strife in the black community. Um, especially and in, in the male and female relationship and in the dating world. I wanted to put a book out there that was saying, hey, I'm out there and this is all of the garbage I see. And women, why are you doing this? Men, why are you doing this? And why can't we just come together and be people and, and you know, embrace the fact that we're all learning and growing and trying to make the best out of this journey, you know? and. And I wanted to just really put it out there. And so I've had a lot of guys that have read it say, thank you so much. Now I see what I'm doing wrong. I see how women see this. I never saw it that way. And then women be like, thank you so much because, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one, you know. And, and so it was, it was a great thing to have a lot of people write back and say, this really encouraged me. This really made me think differently. I stopped doing this because of what you said, or I started doing this because of what you said. So I thought it was uh, a blessing. And so that whole putting yourself out there can, in a sense, be beneficial to the audience because they can see a mirror. And I kind of wanted to hold up a mirror to myself and to anybody reading it. Um, as, a, as a woman who's worked a career for 25 plus years, what bit of advice do you have for an upcoming author or uh, artists in terms of creating a foundation before you set off to um, journey into something that might not have a tangible ending? Well, um, I think everyone's journey is a different journey. Some people have the guts to jump out there and risk being homeless and risk all the things that could happen. Uh, and other people are like, I am not that brave. Let me get, you know, my nine to five and deal with this side hustle. Let me build a side hustle up until I feel like it can replace my nine to five. So I think you have to be um, honest with yourself. Who are you? Are you the just jump out there and either sink or swim or fly or fall? Or are you the person who really needs some security? And, and whoever you are, that's okay. 
that's being true to yourself. So I don't think you should beat yourself up if you need the nine to five. And I don't think that you should feel like you have to go flying out off the, the cliff. Um, but I also think that there comes a point in time, I was telling another teacher, we were sitting in a meeting together and he was very agitated. And he came to me after the meeting and he said, can you give me some advice? Can you help me kind of get my calm back? And I said, as agitated as you are, the advice I have for you is you need to start planning your exit strategy. <laughs> because, God bless you. Because when you get to a certain point, there is no going back. You are getting that, that internal push that either you change and you make an exit plan or you're going to sabotage yourself you're going to say something you can't take back you're going to do something you can't take back i said so my advice to you is plan your exit because if you don't plan it it's going to be thrust upon you you are way too agitated for me to talk you back my encouragement to you is what's your exit strategy because yeah you're at you're at the no return point i know the no return point because i was at that point you know, and so, but once you get that exit strategy, you actually calm down because you feel like there's an out and you don't feel trapped. So it actually does help you to put up a little bit more with the situation because you know when you get now, you know, so that was my strategy for him. And he was like, everything you're saying rings really true in my spirit. You're giving me the right advice. And I was like, yeah. Because I, I know where you are. I know I know what that's like. So I, you got to know yourself is my advice. Know yourself. Question. Anybody have any questions about anything? Well, I kind of related to what you said about journaling because I started journaling like last year. Uh, and I've been journaling every day since then. And uh, it's been therapeutic. Uh, I guess I wanted to ask you, how did you navigate the most difficult parts of your life? Like, did journaling help you through those times? I know you probably dealt with heartbreak and, you know, losing family members and everything. And so, like, what was your process? I know journaling helps to such extent, but, like, is there anything else you did? Yeah. Um, journaling helped me a lot. Um, but in the book, I also mentioned when I was going through the losses that I went through, because I did lose 13 people in seven years, there came a point in time when I needed some therapy. There came a point in time when I needed some time off and I just needed to just sit in a space and not have to do anything, but just feel my feelings for a day or two. Um, crystals helped me a lot. Um, I will tell you a story that's in the book. I came to Baba Fana's class one day and um, I was coming here after class to actually promote my show. So I come out of the class and, and I'm walking around, I put this smile on my face and I'm walking by this woman's table and she says, um, honey, come here, come here, come here, come here. She goes, what, what do you need on this table? What, what, what's calling to you? And so I reached down and I picked up this black crystal and she said, uh, that's black onyx. She said, there's grief pouring off of you in waves. I don't know who you've lost, but it's recent and it's pouring off of you. And she's like, that absorbs negativity. She was like, what else, what else do you need? And I reached out and I picked up this uh, clear, you know, this clear stone. She says, that's clear quartz, that's for clarity. 
you probably are dealing with a lot of confusion. You don't know who you are. You don't know how to deal with these emotions. She was like, okay, put those over here. Anything else? And I picked up this other pillar stone. And she said, that's an angel stone. That lets you know that you're protected, that you're not by yourself, that you are surrounded by helpers. You know, you're not, your ancestors are with you. You're not alone. And I'm holding these stones and I'm feeling this feeling I've never felt before. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like this feeling of like, like a lift, this feeling. And I, I bought them, put them in my car in the trunk. I got home, I left them in the trunk. And then I forgot about them until I was getting ready to go to bed. I was like, I got those crystals in the car. Let me go get them. I put them up on my, on my dresser. I'm like, those are so pretty. And I went to bed. Now, let me tell you, for six months before that morning that I woke up that next morning, I had this grief hit me like a wave. It would hit me like a wall. I would sit on my bed for 15 minutes and just be like, okay. It's gonna pass, it's gonna pass. Just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. That next morning when I woke up, the grief did not hit me. There was no wall. It never came back. The grief came back, but not overwhelming. It was manageable from that moment on. So I, I keep crystals with me at all times because they, that helped me. I cannot speak for anybody else, but that was my experience. Breathwork helped me, meditation helped me, um, Qigong helped me a lot. There's a Qigong that you do for grief. And one of the things you do is you actually exhale. It's like you make a sound like picture a balloon, like if you were letting air out of a balloon, you go like and you just let that come out of you and you're doing it while you're moving your arms like this or like this, and you just make that sound. And you also can do an ah sound, like like that. Look up Qigong on, on YouTube. Qigong helped me so much, so much. I cannot even stress how much it helped me because what it, what it does is based on the principle that energy gets trapped in your body. And the only way to let it out is through sound, breath, and movement. So when you combine sound, breath, and movement, you actually break up the energy that is trapped in your body and you release it. And so that helped me so much. And, and actually in my, in my journals, there's actually breath work ex exercises, there's actually meditation, there's actually Qigong mentioned there. So all of that's actually mentioned in the journals. But those are some things that you could do I, that helped me. So for me, I believe that you have to have a whole toolbox of things. And in my guided journal, I actually mentioned creating a toolbox of things. If this doesn't work, try this. If this doesn't work, try this and this. You know what I mean? Just keep trying until you get the, the little recipe that works for you. So for me, all of those things together help me deal with the grief. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so once again, thank you. I have my book, Plenty of Guppies and Other Dating Misadventures. This is on Amazon, but I do have some copies here. And I have Zenergize Your Life Volume 1 and Volume 2. I'm actually going to be releasing a planner before the end of the year that will actually have journaling pages in it. It will actually have the laws of my yacht the principles of Kwanzaa and the divine laws in there, as well as some reflection plate pages. 
So you can look for that to come out very soon. And I'm also releasing a children's book before the end of the year, which is called You Are Loved and Wanted Because You're You. So you can look for those things to come out. But if you want to get any of these things, my table's right here, so I'm going to move over here. But thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you.